What I want to talk about uh, this week, at least in the thought of the Gra, and Be'ez Hashem, uh, perhaps next week in the thought of some other Bali Machrava, is, uh, is the sugya that is called Simcha. The sugya that is called, uh, that, 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 that is called Simcha in the world of Machshava, in the world of Halacha a little bit, and, and to explore that in a way which I think can be, can be worthwhile. I want to spend a bit of time introducing the sugya of Simcha, introducing it from different vantage points. And what I would say, which almost like sucks the life out of Simcha, to introduce elements of the complexity of Simcha from a perspective of, of Jewish thought and to try to sort of pin things down or at least to try to, I guess, note some of the challenges before we get into what I think is at least one very significant contribution of the Gra in terms of his understanding of the world of Simcha. So let's, let's begin like that. In a certain sense, the most, I think, famous line about Simcha the line that is probably most often, I don't know if quoted in a formal conversation is the word, but certainly uh, it is in the world of music and the world of Jewish life, one that is exceptionally well known, is the line of Rabbi Nachman's Likuti Moran, Tinyana, and Torah Chavdalet. Rabbi Nachman writes, Mitzvah Gedol Lios Besimcha Tamid, that it's a great mitzvah to always be, to always be Besimcha, and Ulizgaber Laharchi Ka'atzvas from Arashchor Bechol Kocho. Persons obligated to remove from themselves any sense of sadness or depression. Benachman is of the opinion that we have a degree of control over our emotional state. Our emotional state is not solely a response to external things that happen to us, but rather I can make certain choices to generate, to generate a degree of simcha. And therefore it is critical, says Benachman, there's a mitzvah gedola to be besimcha tamed. He says, Begam chachme harofim, the doctors agree with this, that, this, I don't think it's like the cocks, that there's a sickness that comes at times from being depressed and being sad, and Simcha has the capacity to rectify it. We've spoken in the past about this, Rabbi Nachman and Simcha, in a little bit of a broader sense. But if I just had this line of the Moran, so I would view Simcha as being something which I'm supposed to have all the time. A person should always be, should always be besimcha. And it's a critical thing on a, on a variety of different levels. The reality is, though, that the more that you delve into the sugi of simcha, I think it's from Rebbe also, but the more you delve into the sugi of simcha, what becomes clear is as follows. Let's unpack it. Number one, there is not a need at all times to be besimcha. Most, I would say, explicitly, there is a stira between the idea at times of simcha and the idea of Avelas. Avelas is a stira to Simcha. That's why, at least some of the Achronim explains, that's like Tophus may hold this morning, Katan, that's why you can't have Avelas and Simcha's Yantiv at the same time. Because a person can't always be. It would almost be inappropriate to be in a state of Simcha at all times, in all circumstances. There are times during the year as well where it is almost prohibited to be in a state of Simcha. Torah tells, uh, the Navi tells us, Tavon Melech in Tehillim, Pikudi Hashem Yisharim Misam Chelev, that there's a simcha that's associated with Talmud Torah, and as a result of that, it becomes usher to learn Torah, different psukim, but when a person's in Avelis, when a person's on Tishabav, there are times where a person is not supposed to experience simcha. But, even though, and here we go into not only, even within the times when it's appropriate to experience simcha, the nature of that simcha can change. There is simcha in terms of maybe my regular just life. Simcha does something for me. It's not a time of avelas. 
But there are certain time periods and certain experiences which are supposed to engender a greater sense of Simcha. So Yantif, the Gemarim Psachim Adaf Kuftes, the Torah, Misamachta Bichagacha, Ain Simcha Elabibasar, Vain Simcha Elabayayan. There are certain times when it becomes an obligation to be Bisimcha, an obligation even in a halachic sense. There are some times where even within the world of obligations of Simcha, Enodomed the obligations of Simcha on Sukkis and Pesach to the nature of Simcha on Purim. The nature of Simcha Purim has a little bit of a different flavor. You don't have to be the most uh, you know, discerning Lamdin in the world to note that a meal on the first night of Sukkot looks different in many places than a Purim Suda. It isn't because, and, and you don't have to be like a fancy Lamdin to note that all complex discussions should be shown aside. If you were just a Talmud Bavli person, you'd get that impression that, that, that at the meal looks a little bit different. There's a bit of even within the world of obligations, Simcha generates. Simcha generates different forms of experiences. Not only that, Simcha also, there seems to be an element of Simcha which is present, not as an obligation per se, but as one that is valuable, as one that is appropriate, and one that if we're missing at times, we seem to be critiqued for. Torah tells us in Parshat Kisavo that one of the, in the middle of the Tokacha, and one of the things that B'nai Yisrael were critiqued for there in Parshki Savo was Tachas Asher Lovaz Shalokacha B'Simcha Uvatuv Levav. That we didn't worship Hashem properly B'Simcha. I mean, B'chayi there elaborates on that in a very powerful way. There's an expectation when a person does mitzvos that they're especially happy. That also, is that an obligation, a halachic obligation? What is the character of that obligation? It requires meat and wine every time you do a mitzvah? Is, is that what that means? Can't be. It requires adlo yada. Like, like, is that every time you put on tefillin? Like, that's like a new, like, neo Hasidic kind of a practice. You know, I know simcha b'mitzvahs, and and you know, it's a gzeira shavah or hekesh. I don't know. It doesn't mean that. Of course, doesn't mean that. So, 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 what is that? What, what is it? What is it? And there are different components of this of this simcha. And some that emphasize it, the Baltanya writes in Parak of Zion, saying Chazal, Yashav Lo Avar Aver Nos Noschar Kilu Asa Mitzvah. Chazal tells if you sit down, this is like what's the mile of sitting down and doing nothing? I am not lazy. I am a Kaim and Maimer Chazal. Yashav Lo Avar Avera. As long as I'm not, I'm sitting down, not violating Avera. Nos Noschar Kilu Asa Mitzvah. Says the Baltanya, Al Kain Tzarech Lismoach Bekiim Halav. A person should be happy that right now they're not violating a Losase. I'm happy. I'm not committing murder right now. I am happy. Kimo b'kiyam mitzvot asay mamish. There's something very valuable, you know, about that. So what we seem to have, and this is part of like, I would say almost the complexity of simcha. Simcha is something which we always supposed to feel, but not. Simcha is something which we are supposed to, we're chayiv to experience, or not. If it is a chayiv, it has precise obligations or not. I'm chayef to bring a carbon as the mitzvah of Shalmei Simcha or, or not. Simcha is a very complex sugya to be able to understand what is going on. The one thing which is fairly clear, and this is true for, I think, any of the achronim who articulate this, is that Simcha is a sugya where things can change and shift depending on context that the meaning on a halachic obligation of simcha is mechayiv something which is different than the experience of being at a shever brachos, 
that there are different obligations of Simcha, different expectations of Simcha, and it requires to understand the sugya well, understands a real sort of analysis for what does it demand in different contexts. So, in Odom the sugya of Simcha's Yantif to Simcha's Purim, which is different than the sugya of Simcha Bekim HaMitzvot, which is different than the sugya of Simcha Pitalma Torah, which is different than the sugya of Simcha in everyday life, which is different in the sense of Simcha, again, in all of these areas. So a lot of the challenge of learning the sugya of Simcha is pinning down what does it mean, when do I have to have it, what is the nature of that obligation, and what does it look like. Now, if you lean a little bit like Hasidic, what we just did is like, you know, Rishas. You just took a topic, which is supposed to be feel good. Simcha, like, I don't know, have a good time, smile, tell a couple stories over, maybe it'll be funny a little bit, have a nice meal, and we'll call that like a good day. And instead, like, the over-analysis of Simcha can sort of like suck the life out of part of what it really is. I do believe that, first of all, some of that may be true. Could be. I don't know. But secondly, sometimes that initial... If we can define what we are expected to experience, we can more properly be able to maximize opportunities. If we don't have a good definition of Simcha, so then when people speak about experiencing Simcha and Talmud Torah, if I don't know what they're really supposed to look like, so I can have a guy that doesn't know, have I attained it, have I not attained it, and what are the things that I'm supposed to do to be able to attain it. If I can't define what Simcha's Yantiv actually is and what it demands, how do I know if I got there? And maybe more importantly, how do I know how to get there? If it's too amorphous on a, on, on a definitional level, it becomes very challenging to be able to understand, so what's it actually supposed to be? I'm not enjoying my learning. I, don't people, I assume you have a conversation sometimes with people. You know, it's one of these like, you know, late night in the dorms, or it's the middle of the afternoon theater, and it's like, I'm just not enjoying my learning that much. And you're like, no, there's a lot of simcha in Talmud Torah. There's a Rebbe Avram Minahar and the Dharam about this. There's like a lot of Mikoros about this. The Stipler writes that, like, the Birch Torah is a Birch HaNenin on how enjoyable Talmud Torah is. Because, like, I'm not... I don't. So part of the question always is, I, I do this because I'm a difficult person. I like to do a couple things in these conversations, but at least one of the things that I enjoy doing is saying, like, okay, can you describe to me what that Simcha looks like? Like, what do you anticipate the joy? Just to know like, what you're supposed to get to. So what does that exactly, like, look like? Like, what are you trying, what are you trying to get to? And the harder time I have defining what that's supposed to look like, so here's shocker, the harder time I'm going to have eventually getting there. I'll give a muscle for that. It is not, I mean, the most basic muscle is, you know, if you want to get to a particular destination and you have incredibly vague directions, you're not sure where you're going, you may have a hard time getting there. But if I want to cultivate deep, meaningful friendships, let's say that I do. Whatever, you know, personal reasons I have, I'm not sure I'm looking for that right now in my life. But, but let's say that you're looking for, you know, deep personal, you know, friendships. So, uh, so if you are, so part of the question is like, okay, step one. What does a deep personal relationship, you know, that kind of friendship, what does it look like? If I don't know what it looks like, you'll have a much harder time getting there. So part of the definition is not there to confuse it's not there to make it more complicated. It is there to express and highlight a particular point, which is the more I can define what certain things are, the more I have a shot of knowing where am I, am I there, and how exactly do I get there. The gras, the gras contributed to every sigya, mamish. One of the gras, ikker contributions to the world of simcha, is something which the gras does in many places when he writes in Nach. 
in many places throughout his writings, which is to precisely define words, and in a way the Malbim does similarly, the Gra, to define synonyms. We have a lot of words that seem to be associated with Simcha. We have two most, uh, most well-known, which is Simcha and Sason. Simcha and Sason. Lehudim haisa ora v'simcha, v'sason v'ikar. Simcha and Sason both seem to be forms of joy. The fact that the Pasuk there, Megil Sassner, of Simcha v'sason, uses two different words tells me they're probably two different things. If you're ever at a Simcha, it's Gemars and Ksubis, it's Shever Brachos. So I remember the one time, I, I, many years ago, I was giving, uh, I, I, I taught one summer, take your summer program, and I was giving a Chabura to public school kids. It was very, very atypical public school people. Walked in the first day, and one of them was sitting there learning a Yabia Omer. One of them was, was not in a Jewish day school. He, he lived in a, in a country without Jewish day school, so he wasn't officially in a public school, or officially not in Jewish day school. But his parents paid for him to learn like three hours every afternoon with like the, the local like Lake Wicolo. Also not what we would call a typical, you know, it was, it was, these guys were good. So the, the, the Yabia Omer guy had this like unbelievable love of Ravavadia. Mamish loved Ravadia, not Tvardi, he just like loved Ravadia. So he would call every day Ravadia's Gabbai to try to, to be allowed to go to, not from, from family, he wanted to go visit Ravadia. So finally got permission once, so I brought him there, we docked him in Chamarib. So afterwards we got to sit down in Ravadia's like, uh, kind of office, like his like living room type area. So he used to grab people by the cheek very hard and like slap a little bit. It was, it was, it was definitely like weirdly Kishmak. So he, um, so he said, so he said to me, he said, Atanasoy. He married, so I said no. So he was grabbing my cheek. And he said a lot of, uh, I couldn't hear the whole bracha, but the only, the only words I heard were all the synonyms for simcha. You know, simcha, ditza, chedva, gila, rina, all these different like, kinds of words. Got my slap. Okay, I wasn't dating at the time, but when I started dating, I got married. I assume all this list, that bracha. Now, why not? Worked, I'm very happily married. Good job, Ravadia. Now, there's a, um, there is a, all the synonyms. So the Gra wants to understand what are the what's the meaning of these words, and and, and what's going to happen, which is a fascinating thing. If I can define these words well, I'm going to be able to properly understand in different contexts what the expectation is. And the Gra notes, based on a Gemara in in Mesachas Sukkah and Daf Memchas, that in Psukim, what's very complicated is the words Simcha and Sason even sometimes go out of order, or in different orders. It's Yehudim it's Simcha v'Sason la Yehudim, but it's Sason v'Simcha Yasigu in Yeshaya. It sometimes is out of order. And there are different words that appear in different contexts. So the Gra is going to try to define some of these different words. Now, there are many different Hakdaras in the Gra for these things. And we're not going to go through it, throughout the Gra Kichlal, everything about this, but I want to at least try a little bit what I would say is pin down a couple of ideas. I think what the Gura does, which is amazing, I think he relates to, and maybe it's just me, but knowing what Simcha is supposed to be and the kinds of Simcha help me potentially actually get there. And, and being sensitive to what he defines very well is the experience of joy, which is, which is incredibly meaningful. So the first episode of the Gra is a piece, it's the Gra in Megillus Esther. It's also a Gra in his commentary on Eov. Two Gras where the Gra says the following distinction between Simcha and Sasam. And many of us experientially, I think there are some people that are great at experiencing one of these, some maybe, I guess, not at all, but, but, and, and some both. But it's an interesting thing. 
Simcha, says the Gra, is the excitement you have when you are anticipating something. The beginning of a process. The beginning of a process. Simcha, he writes, Sheholech limtso chefetz b'simcha. You ever, like, start out something, and there's, like, a certain kind of joy? It's almost like the joy of, like, the beginning of his man. The joy of, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be good right now. This is going to click. It's going to come together. The simcha of the tchila, the simcha of starting something. Sason is the experience of attaining something. It's the joy of attaining. Sason hu acharkach. Beshekvar hachefetz biyadod. Sason believe. Sason is when you've already been able to attain it. The Gra in his parish on Eov explains that's Pshat in the Pasuk. In, 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 in the Pasuk, when we say, sorry, we, we say in Davening, Smechem Betsesam, Vesasim Bevoam. Smechem Betsesam, your Sameach, when you go out, when you're about to begin something, is a certain kind of energy that's taking place. Sasim Bevoam, when you come in at the end of the day, after you've done it, so now I experience a degree of, of sasan. That's part of, I think, simchas, chasan vikala. The simcha of a chasana is the simcha of, of the beginning of something, which is wildly exciting. Chronologically, what always is the order of things? First, you have simcha, and then you have sasan. First, I'm excited about something. Then, typically, in the standard way of things, then there is sason, then I'm able to feel good about that which I eventually accomplished. Now, I happen to like this Hagdara because for some of us, maybe this is just, just me, many of us have an easier time in the world of Simcha. Many of us have an easier time when it comes to that experience of the excitement about something. I'm really pumped for this, the anticipation. Sometimes there are people that have a hard time experiencing the joy of actually accomplishing, especially if they give, have a hard time giving themselves the credit for the fact that they accomplished something. But they're both, they're both there. Rabbi David Kohn, Rashiv of Hevron, has a very sharp ha'ara. How do you even sharp ha'ara as you go on in the piece? But the Sefer is Man Sim Chasein, who has great farm in Machshava. He's one of the real experts in the Torah of the Grah. Mamish, one of the real experts in the Torah of the Grah, uh, Rabbi David Kohn. So Rabbi David Kohn in the Sefer is Man Sim Chasein, who in Maimur Nun Gimel points out an amazing thing. When it comes to our relationship to Torah, is our relationship to Torah one of simcha or one of sason? So, l'chorah, there could be elements of both. But he points out in a piyot on simcha's Torah, a phrase that I think many, many of us are familiar with, likely because I think it's a song, I'm not a music person, but I think it's a song, which is, sisu v'simchu v'simcha satorah. Sisu v'simchu v'simcha satorah. I know it's a song. I got it. Is that... Wow. My song. It's your favorite song? They play it all like the Deer Shusu. It's like a big classic Oh, I like what it called. I like the Vaharad Nisagis. Like, you are the royalty of Kali Yisrael. I like that guy. <laughs> that makes me feel good. Okay, what? It's just okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. You, you, you just. Yeah, yeah. You and your politics. Okay. Asher Davikon, the following. It's an amazing Ha'ara. Shouldn't the order be Simcha Visisu Besimcha Satora? That first you are excited and then you experience the joy of having learned. Why is it Sisu Besimcha Besimcha Satora? Why is that my relation to Torah? So this is a Ha'ara, which is a beautiful Ha'ara. 
going to elaborate upon it for a minute, but I think it defines Torah very well. He says, because there are two things that take place on Simchas Torah. Simchas Torah has chasan Torah. It's the act of finishing. You finish Torah. But after we finish Torah, we begin again. We begin Torah again. Chasan Barashas, the beginning. The order in which we do things on Simchas Torah is that we first have Sisu. We first celebrate that which we did. And then we have Simcha. And now we are excited about the fact that we are starting again. We quoted, I think that Moshe Salvechik used to understand, that the greater kibbut is the kibbut of starting again. The insight here, which is powerful, is the following. Sometimes we could anticipate the way our relationship to Torah works is I am excited to get somewhere, and then when I finally get there, the story's over. I'm excited to learn. I've now done it, and now I've concluded Whereas, in fact, what often happens is, is, is the dynamic is different. A person is never going to feel that they've experienced sasson and then, period. I've learned what I have to learn and now I am done. There is an extra simcha. The real way it goes is a simcha in the beginning. Then there's a sisu, when you finally finish. But following that finish, you know what there's really there, which is really exciting? The knowledge that I can begin again and learn it in a deeper way. The anticipation of being able to do this you know, even better. That requires a certain kind of madrega. Because many people, learning something new is very exciting. And Chazrei, not the same way. And learning the sugya, if I learned Babasra two years ago, now I learn Babasra again, it's like, well, why am I doing this again? But Sisu V'Simchu, yeah, Sisu V'Simchu is something which is, no, you just finished something, great. And now, Simchu, and now I can't anticipate that excitement which comes afterwards. Sisu v'simchu v'simchas ha-Torah. That's one hagdara of sason versus simcha for, for the gra. That's one distinction. We'll share a second distinction. Is that how it fit into like other places that says sisu like, uh, The real answer is, is it'll fit for everything. There's a lot to be said about all these things. Where do we say sisu v'simchu and Shabbos? So then say it out. Say it out. Uh-huh. Let's assume that the grow was good in learning. So how do you say it out? You got it. For some reason, you would say that you build up such an anticipation for Shabbos, but you won't actually enjoy it. Like, and then so you're saying you should enjoy it instead. Like, like Sisu, like, enjoy it then. And simple, like, next week, also, like, get excited to start it. Maybe. <laughs> like, Vishar Rabbi Israel Esa Shabbos. We kept Shabbos. Last is a Shabbos. Think about the next one. Maybe. Yeah. I'm the one saying, yeah. When the Gras says things, there's literally a stickle for every single one of these pieces. One, one need not worry about that. No. You have to go through the Kitzvah Gras to figure out how to, how to do this. I want to give introductions, and you can yourself sort of like plug these things through. Second Hagdara is as follows. Second Hagdara is as follows. In many experiences, they will both be present, is the real answer. In many things, they'll both be present. The Gemara in Sukkah speaks about why the order sometimes shifts. The Gra's son, Rav Avram ben Agra, in his parish in Tehillim, gives even more Hosafas for the Hagdara between them and when they're going to shift. 
The real shot seems to be La'asid Lavo, it seems to be it shifts. For Sasson Tisimcha, Shabbos is Me'en Olam Haba, and in that sense, it's a Sasson Tisimcha kind of a shift. It relates to one of them being more Shamayim based and one of them being more Eretz based. That's like the real Gra Torah, but alas, probably not for today. The Gra, there's another shtickle of the Gra. This is not really found in Kisveha Gra the same way, but it's quoted, it comes through the world of Brisk. That they have this tradition from the Gra. It's quoted in the name of the Briskarav. It's quoted by Rabdavid Salvechik. It's quoted by Sternbach, brother-in-law, by Sternbach also. Is a, a distinction between Sasson and Simcha. Interestingly, Salvechik, looking at Shimon Shirim and Sukkot Dapemchas, may have the opposite Ha'ara, but, 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 but there, there, there's, a, there's a vort they say named the Gra. Now, Lubyansky, Lubyansky has a brother who's a Chashivatamachacha. His brother was a Rebbe in Yerushalayim for a, for a long time. I once uh, sat next to him at a Chasana. It was a lot. Is that over ever or no? It was a little bit scary. It was a, it was a chasana. The father of the chasana told me in advance. I was Mr. Kedusha at the chasana. It happens very, very rarely, or Hashem. And, uh, and he told me, by the way, you should know, I have a Rebbe of mine coming. So, okay. He said he, he, wrote, he wrote a kuntris of Hilcho's Cedar Kedushan. So the last thing I needed was that, you know, to be there. So there's one very simple move that you do if you are both smart and you ever want to learn things, was the second he gets there, you talk to him about any of the questions you have about that particular chasana. Bring him on your team, you know, like, 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 like know, what it, know what it is. It's like I, I, one of the, I'm I think three times, I'm very tired right now, but one of the times Rabbi David was there from Tershiraga, so there were a couple of things up, so the second I saw him there, I was nervous to even do it if he was going to be there, but right away I asked him a bunch of questions about it. I asked a bunch of questions about it. You know, why not, why not do that? You always want to. You always want to. It's very good. So I, I had to, he, told me, he was very impressive. He put out an amazing Haggadah, Haggadah Shiraz Halavim. It is an unbelievable Haggadah of Brisker Torah. Unbelievable. Mamish, like precise. So he quotes this from David Salvechik. Points out that he's not really found this distinction. Found in Kisve Hagra anywhere. Adarab and the Sefer Chemda Genuza on Mishle, which is from Aksavyad. They find the opposite name of the Gra. Perhaps that's how the Salvechik understood it. But this way the Brisker Rav said it. It's a very, very sort of interesting idea. The Biskarav, of Sternbach, it comes from that world, understood the difference between Simcha and Sasson is something else. Simcha is when you experience joy, but you don't need to show it to other people. It's a joy that I have inside, but I don't need to demonstrate it externally. Sasson, says the Gra, is the kind of joy that I am expected to share with others. It's a joy that's supposed to have an external expression of that. Having the rub understood the opposite, the opposite, Simcha is more external, Tassel is more internal. I always would have assumed like the Rav, which is what some versions of the Grah have, but we'll go to Briska Rav for now. Based on this, Sasson and Simcha. Derech Agav, I think it's very important to know. There are people that naturally have an easier time with one or the other. I may be a simcha person, I experience internal joy. I don't know if I'm going to be up, you know, jumping up and down on the, on the Breslov van, you know, pulling everyone in with massive external indications of simcha. There are people, though, who are real external people. They're really, really excited, you know, sort of all the, all the time. They're external simcha people. You are uh, Yishai, that guy. He's, he's an external simcha kind of, a, kind of a guy. If you want to experience a difference between that, 
You can probably look at both of us, let's say, tonight if there's dancing or something. You want to do a study in contrast. So if you think that I am happy, it is an internal form of happiness. You know, at that particular, it's a simcha nesasam, that kind of uh, dynamic. No Indian of simcha nesasam, I've, I've owned it. There's a, uh, <coughs> uh, uh, that would be simcha. Points out, points out, uh, sure, let's define two things then. If that's so, so first of all, simchas yantif, simchas yantif. So I would have understood that simchas yantif is more external, because it's basar and yayin. But what you see if simchas internal is that the goal of that basar and yayin is all about things that make you feel happy inside. The real kiyam of simchas yantif is, is whether you inside feel, feel good with yourself. Sason, so Sternbach points out that the Gemara in Shabbos and Daf Kuflamid, commenting on the Pasuk of Sas Anochi Alam Rasecha Kemoti Shalarav, understands that as a reference to the mitzvah of Brismila. Apparently, Sason is associated with Brismila. Says Sternbach, I think in light of this, I actually understand something about, about Brismila, which is why do we make such a big deal to have a Suda around the Brismila? Aren't there many different kinds of situations where a person is happy, where they aren't chayef to make a suda as a result? You're supposed to be happy every time you fulfill a mitzvah. I don't have to make a suda every time I put on tefillin. I don't make a suda every time I did it my sechesed. By brismila, I do, because there, there seems to be this unique halachic category of sas anochi alim rasacha. That the sason is a sason supposed to externally express. And that external expression manifests itself. Says Rav Sternbach, Nira de din suuda bribris mila, humidin sason, leharos es simchaso, sheose suuda. That's not a chiv of simcha, that's a chiv of sason to express that externally. Now, sometimes, here's a tricky thing, I think very, very briefly. This is a great thing to keep this point from before. There are, we shown him, that thought that there are things that are called synonyms. And not everything has this like very intense, precise hagdara. The more that you have these intense, precise hagdaras, it's very, very hard to do so. And sometimes it's going to require some really tight and really complex Torahs to be able to define it. What you get here is a, is a halachic hagdara of sason, which is in a, very, in a very intense way, in a very, very intense way, what is, uh, what is there. But you find these kinds, of, uh, these kinds of experiences in that way. There is a pasuk, there is a pasuk that relates a lot to these particular, to these hagdaras, these hagdaras. Is it a pasuk or something? Smechem b'vinyan yirecha b'sasim b'avodasecha. Did Musaf? Did Magid of the Haggadah? Do we say anywhere else? I feel like it's like in Tzvonesrei somewhere. No, please tell me not in our daily Tzvonesrei. Is that anywhere else? Not our daily Tzvonesrei. I'm positive it's not in I'm pretty. I think it's not. In the third Hallelujah, although I don't pretend to put the word thing, but is, is, is that is it there? Okay, it seems like not. So Smechim Bivinyan Irecha, it's in the Haggadah. Vesasim Bavodasacha, it's quoted there in Haggadah Shal Pesach. Let's hear something. Vesasim Smechim Bivinyan Irecha, Vesasim Bavodasacha. So two things. What's that in that pasuk? Why am I Smechim Bivinyan Irecha, Vesasim Bavodasacha? So for the first shot, Smechim is the anticipation. Sason is the result. So I'm Smechim Bivinyan Irecha. The simcha when I'm building your city. And sasim is when it's already complete and I am doing your avoda. Visasim ba'avoda ba'avoda secha. That's what I have. That's what I have here. That's what I have here. 
The briskarav understood that to go with the additional chilak of the gra, between internal and external. You are smechem bivinyan irecha. A person should be happy internally about the fact that, let's say, we have, we have a Yerushalayim. A person should be happy that they have a Yerushalayim. That should be good. Sasim ba'avodasecha, says the briskarav, is teaching us something else which is that when it comes to mitzvot in general, just like by bris milah, it's sasim, a person's supposed to externally express that. So sasim b'avodasecha is that your avodas Hashem should also be avodas Hashem, so the b'skarav, in which you are avodasecha shukim ha-mitzvot, sasim, to express externally your excitement about kim ha-mitzvot. There's simcha about the happiness inside of what I have, and there is the sasim of an external expression of a person who is excited who's excited about, about mitzvot. There are people who are cynical in this world. There are people that have a hard time when others around them seem to be excited about doing mitzvot. There are people who struggle sometimes when there are others around them who are very passionate and very exciting. And, and, and part of it, though, of the sophistication is realizing there's supposed to be around kima mitzvot an external expression of things. It's mechen, b'vinyan irecha, we have Yerushalayim, v'sasim b'avodasecha. When a person's being over, their bonus shalom, it's supposed to be more complex. It's supposed to be more of an external expression. So I want to just hazard what we did and then speak for, I guess, six minutes about Parsha. We'll try to do. But we saw, the, we saw the following. The world of Simcha is a complicated world. Sometimes it's an obligation. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's an expectation. Sometimes it's inappropriate. Sometimes it's an obligation to do one thing. Sometimes it's an obligation to do something else. But to define the elements of Simcha can be very important. One of the things which the Gra does is to define those terms. Again, it's the first week. We'll unpack it more about Simcha. But part of it, part of it for the, for the Gra, part of it for the Gra is the understanding that, is the understanding that there is a, that there are different kinds of emotional experiences, even relating to joy, and different kinds of those experiences we are supposed to be able to tap into and are expected in different ways. And that they're all valuable. And a person who is emotionally broad enough doesn't have one kind of joy. They have different kinds of joy. There's the joy of the beginning, of the anticipation. There's the joy of being able to give yourself credit for completing. There's a joy that you feel inside and I don't need to show. And there's a joy that it is good to express and to include other people other people in. The Grah just will just end by pointing out the Grah understands also that there is a difference between this is the Grah in Mishlei, there is a difference between Gila and Simcha. And here just one last component we'll say very, very briefly. The Grah understands that Gila is something which is constant. There are things in our lives that give us a constant sense of pleasure. Something which always is stable in my life that provides me with a certain kind of experience. Simcha is when there is something new. Simcha is the presence and awareness of a newness that is something that, is, that, 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 that has been mechadish in my, in my life. The Gura explains the Pasuk, that in Aretz it's constant, in Chadish Tachas Hashemesh, in Shamayim there's a lot of newness going on. But, 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 but that, that's another sort of angle of things. The constant and the excitement, which means Derech Agav, when we're doing at Shever Brachos, when you give a, 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 a couple that you want them to have Simcha, Sason, you want them to have Gila, you want to give them a lot of different kinds of Simcha, the Simcha of the excitement, they should attain things, and it should be the kind of stability of Gila 
that is constantly present, that this relationship is an anchor in ways that are very, very nice. Okay, I want to speak very briefly about, very briefly,